This podcast is sponsored by the Faith Mission Christian Fellowship Church Incorporated, continuing the vision for end time ministry. Be sure to purchase Kerry Golston's first ever publication, Go Teach My People Faith, co-authored by Lisa Williams, now available on Amazon.com. Interested in becoming a member, giving, or submitting a prayer request? Text Give Prayer or Member to 845-254-2445, fill out the prompts, and a member of our team will contact you. We believe that you'll receive wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all your flesh and bones, and revelation knowledge as you partake of the word. And we believe that your faith is growing exceedingly. In Jesus' name, amen. Come visit us at 160 West 129th Street in Harlem, New York. We'd love to see your face in the place. But for now, enjoy today's message. We're going to be discussing a message that the Lord gave me in St. Vincent the Grenadines. It's modified a little bit for here, but it will work. In the name of Jesus. It's called Real Bible Faith. Real Bible Faith. <clears throat> and we're going to begin by making a confession. This is, is a confession that we made before every service. I preached 10 o'clock Wednesday morning, 7.30 Wednesday night, 7.30 Thursday night, 7.30 Friday night. 7.30 a.m. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Sunday morning, and 6.30 Sunday evening. And before each message, we made a confession. And we're going to make that confession now. I want you to repeat after me. God in heaven, I believe that I receive the engrafted word of the living God. I believe that I receive Wisdom, understanding, favor of God and men, health to all my flesh and bone, and revelation knowledge, and also my faith is growing exceedingly in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Now, Romans chapter 10. We're discussing real Bible faith. <clears throat> Romans chapter 10, verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, or it's near you. How near is it? Even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. If you're not preaching or teaching the word of faith, you are not preaching or teaching the gospel. Bottom line, simple as that. Like it or lump it. That's what it says. It's the word of faith which we preach. And that word is near you. It's in your mouth 
and in your heart. Now, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now the word is near you. It's even in your mouth. But he said, if you confess or say with your mouth and believe it in your heart. So real Bible faith is of the heart. If you're believing it with your head, that's nice, but it won't work. You can believe the Bible. You can quote the Bible. You can tell everybody you know about it, but you will have no success in your Christian walk if your faith is not from your heart. Many have lived and died and served God and been poverty stricken and been sick and been destitute and done without for all their lives. And for all their lives, they were reading the Bible. They were praying. They were doing everything that they knew to do. But nothing seemed to work. And I used to wonder about that. How come these, this group over here seems to get everything they pray for, everything they ask for, even when sometimes they don't even ask. It just comes. And this other group over here, some of them love God more. And get absolutely and I got, a, I got a, a testimony for you, my brother, sister. That's the reason our people were stuck in storefront churches for 50, 60, 70 years. Because we were confessing what we read there, but we didn't believe it in our hearts because nobody ever told us that we were supposed to do that. And we just passed it on from one to the other, to the other, to the other. So what happened was his storefront church, I got it. I took the storefront church and turned it over to mine. And they never get any further. And that's not God's will. God is no respecter of persons. And he does not love anybody else more than he loves you. And if you don't have from God, it's, I guarantee you some of the reason is right here. Because you never learn how to believe with your heart. You believe with your head. That's why it remains a struggle. You know why some people struggle with tithing? Because it's all up here. If they believed it down here, it would be no problem. Hallelujah. All right. Romans chapter 12 should only be a page or so away. Now, we're talking about real Bible faith. I want you to follow me closely here. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. God has dealt to every one in here who is born again the measure of faith my measure of faith is no bigger or stronger than your measure of faith your measure of faith is no smaller or weaker than the measure of faith that was measured to all roberts 
It's the same measure to every born again believer. Now follow me now. Because this is going to answer a lot of questions and help a lot of you. Second Thessalonians, please. Second Thessalonians. I'm going to move quickly because I got a lot, lot to cover. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. We're discussing real Bible faith. And real Bible faith is of the heart or the spirit. Now remember that scripture we just read. It says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. All right. Second Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 1. Well, let's do just do 2. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. Unreasonable and wicked men do not have the measure of faith. It was not given to them by God. It was only given to the born again believer, the new creature in Christ Jesus. That's the only one who received the measure of faith. Now, if you're born again, you have the measure of faith. It was measured out by God, and each one of us received exactly the same thing if we're born again. Now, turn back to the Gospel of John, please. John chapter 14. I'm sorry, chapter 3. John chapter 3. The Gospel of John. The third chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John chapter 3, verse 34 says, For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit by measure unto him. He's speaking about Jesus here. Notice, we receive the measure of faith. But Jesus did not receive a measure. He received all there was. He received the spirit. He received all. But because we are the body of Christ, we are all parts. And all the parts together make up the whole. We receive the measure. So resident within Jesus was all of the faith. But resident within us is the measure. But that measure is more than sufficient. And we're going to show it to you. Hallelujah. All right. Now, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. We were just there. Just go back to Romans chapter 10. The 17th verse. Remember, you receive the measure of faith because you were born again. Those in the world who are not born again, they did not receive the measure of faith. So they are unreasonable and wicked men. Jesus received the faith without measure. We are his body. That's why we have a portion. Each one of our portions will make up the whole. Okay. Now in Romans chapter 10, I'm just going to answer your question now. Listen up. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh 
by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But wait a minute. I thought we had already received the measure of faith. So what are you talking about? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He's talking about the measure of faith that you have resident on the inside of you is activated by the word of God that you hear on that subject. If you need healing, the measure of faith is in there to take care of the healing, but you need to hear the word of God to activate that measure of faith that's in you. If you don't hear the word on healing, it will not be activated. So as you hear the word of faith on healing, it's activated, and then you can get faith for it. When you hear the word concerning tithing, it activates the measure of faith on the inside of you, and then you can believe for tithing. When you hear, when you hear the word of God concerning being filled with the Spirit and speaking in other tongues, the faith is activated on the inside of you for that purpose. So when you read this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that's what it's talking about, activating the faith that's already in you. Faith is not coming into you like you're drinking water. See why some of you have never gotten anywhere? You've been reading thinking, well, if I just keep reading this, faith will come and I'll be mighty. No, you won't. You're just reading. Faith will come for the subject that you read about, but as you keep reading, you read on into another subject. Then a little bit of faith will be activated for that, and then a little bit of faith for something else. That's why I tell people, if you need healing, read healing scriptures. Read about healing so you can activate that, that measure of faith that's in you for healing. If you need finances, read what God says about blessing you financially to, to activate the faith that's in you so that you then you receive faith for it and you can believe for it and something will happen. Hallelujah. Now, I want to show you something in the Acts. Turn to Acts, please. Chapter 10. Now, remember, we said... Jesus received the spirit, the faith, without measure. But we received it by measure, or the, the measure. Now in Acts, the 10th chapter, listen to this. The 38th verse. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. I want to say that again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You know why it says Jesus of Nazareth? Because it's talking about Jesus the man. It's talking about the son of man. Just like you or myself. How 
God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Now back up to the first chapter of Acts. Now I repeated that several times for a purpose. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. Do you realize he's saying the same thing? The same thing he said to Jesus, he's saying to us. How God anoints us with the Holy Ghost and power. Same thing. Same thing. And he's saying it to us the same thing, the same way, because he wants us to understand that we have resident within us the same power, the same anointing, the same faith that Jesus had. He had it without measure, but collectively, we have the same power. Now, turn to Matthew chapter 3, please. Real Bible faith is of the heart. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, but it has to get in your heart. If it stops at your ears or in your brain, it won't help you. It has to get into your heart. Okay. Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Listen to this. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Talking about Jesus, the Father God said, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Now turn over to Hebrews chapter 11, please. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 11. Now see, in St. Vincent, the Lord gave it to me a different way. See, he, he changed this a little bit. In, in St. Vincent, it was even simpler. I had to make it so very, very simple because there were people there who would not have understood otherwise. But they got it. Okay. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, real Bible faith, faith that's of the heart, it is impossible to please him. This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you see this? You see the similarity? You see what he's saying? He's saying the same thing to us. We can do the same thing if we'll do it by faith. If we'll do it by real Bible faith, 
and ooh, hallelujah. Okay, Lord. Remember that scripture? God is no respecter of persons. And to be respecter of persons is sin. He cannot love or honor or respect Jesus any more than us. It would be sin. If we operate the same way Jesus operated, we are his beloved sons in whom he'll be well pleased if we operate by real Bible faith, which is of the heart. Hallelujah. John 14, the gospel of John, the 14th chapter. John chapter 14, listen to the 12th verse. Jesus is speaking. Now you will understand why he's saying what he's saying. The 12th verse says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth, he that has real Bible faith of the heart, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father. You see why Jesus can make a statement like that? Because if we have real Bible faith, if we believe that the faith that's in us is sufficient to do the job, and we act on that faith, we'll do the works that he did. God will be pleased. Men will be saved and delivered and healed. But it only comes from real Bible faith, which is of the heart. Now, turn, turn back to the 11th chapter of John. John chapter 11. Verse 1, now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, whom he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified that thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. He stayed there two days more, even though he knew the man was sick. And they was expecting him to come and heal him. Two days more, not even one day more. 
He said, I'm going to make sure. Two days more. He says, because I have the kind of faith that says, I don't care what it looks like. I said, this sickness is not unto death. I spoke that out of my spirit. And real Bible faith is of the spirit or the heart. So if I spoke it out of my spirit or my heart, that's what's going to be. And I can stay here two days, five days, ten days. Because I spoke it, it's going to come to pass because I believe it in my heart. And I said it with my mouth and I'll go when I'm ready to go. And when he got there, they said he's dead. And Jesus as much as said, what's that to me? I said his this sickness is not unto death. Now we're talking real Bible faith that's of the heart. When it comes from the heart or from the spirit, you can make those kinds of statements and they will come to pass if God has to stop the earth from spinning on its axis. That's what he's saying. I mean, you, it says he deliberately waited two days. Why? Because he spoke out of his spirit. He spoke out of his heart. And he said, this sickness is not unto death. Hallelujah. I believe they're getting it, Father, in the name of Jesus. All right. Can anybody tell me what are the works of Jesus? I believe the Bible says he went about all that countryside teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching, preaching, and healing. So when you're doing those things, you're doing the works of Jesus. And Jesus said, the works that I do, shall you do also. Ah, oh, I don't want to teach. Ah, oh, I don't want to preach. Ah, oh, let somebody else lay hands on them. That's not what he said. He said, the works that I do, shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do. They'll not be greater in their, in their import. They'll be greater only because there's more of us that are supposed to be doing it all over the world. See, he could only do it in one place at one time because he was only one man. So we should be doing what he did. It should be multiplied millions all over the earth. All right. Hallelujah. Yeah, they're getting it, Lord. I thank you. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3. Now let me show it to you. I didn't get to the message yet. Dear Lord. We're working on it. <laughs> We're working on it. Galatians chapter 3. Verse 5. Listen to this. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He does it by the hearing of faith. That's how it's done. When you minister to someone the Spirit, 
When you minister healing to somebody, when you minister to somebody and they get born again, when you minister to someone and they get filled with the spirit, you are ministering to them the spirit and you're doing it by the hearing of faith. That's how you're doing it. And then you are doing the works of Jesus. And if you're doing the works of Jesus, God is well pleased. And he must, of necessity, he must do for you what he did for Jesus. Otherwise, he's a respecter of persons. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, God has said a lot of things to us concerning this faith. This real Bible faith. This real Bible faith that's of the heart. You don't have to turn there. I'll just go through a few of them. He said in Mark eleven twenty two, Have this kind of faith in God. Have this kind of faith in God. Have this heart faith in God. See, because if you have heart faith in God, if you believe it in your heart, you'll speak it out of your mouth. And then you'll do it. If you believe that God wants you to go next door without going out that door, you believe it in your heart. You better believe it in your heart first. Then you speak it out of your mouth and you're heading for that wall. That's how it works. That's exactly how it works. And you got to be just that bold about it. You got to be just that bold about it. If the word says, God says he's going to supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You've got to believe that in your heart. Otherwise, you won't act. And you sure won't talk it. Because if you talk it, you're afraid somebody's going to hold you to it. All right. Secondly, in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, he says we are to walk by faith and not by sight. He said we're to walk by this kind of Bible faith. We're to walk by this kind of faith that's of the heart. We're supposed to walk this way. Walk that way. What is walking talking about? It's talking about your everyday life. Walk that way. Not just when you come to church. Not just when you sit down to read your Bible all the time. You got to walk that way. We know about Hebrews eleven six, where he says it's impossible to please him without this kind of faith. Sounds to me like we need to go to finding out how to operate in this Bible faith, in this real Bible faith, how to how to operate in this, this faith that's of the heart. Because if we want to please God and do all of these things, we got to know how to do it. Then he says in Romans 1.17 that we're supposed to live by faith. We're supposed to live this way. Not just walk this way, live this way. You, you know, you're supposed to go to sleep by faith. While you're asleep, it's supposed to be by real Bible faith. How is that? That is, you're supposed to believe that when you close your eyes and you're oblivious to what is going on around you, God is taking care of me. The angels are encamped round about me. He gives his beloved, his beloved, his beloved sleep. You think he's going to put you to sleep without a bomb fall on your head? You got to believe it in here. And when you believe it in here, you say, I'm going to sleep. And you go to sleep. I don't care if bombs are falling. You fall asleep in the midst of the bombs falling. See, everybody can't do that. And you can tell they ain't operating in real Bible faith. 
they talking a good show. They are talking a good show. But you see in their actions. Okay. In Romans 14, 23, it says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever is not of faith of this real Bible faith is sin. Now, we're going to find out how to operate in this thing. We're going to find out right now how to operate in this thing. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. Since we're close by. Back up to Romans, the 12th chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. These are the four points that the Lord gave me in St. Vincent. These are the four points he gave me for the people there, and the same four points apply here. We know, we know there's a lot of other things that we've taught, and they are applicable, and they do. They are the Bible. They are the truth. But this will get a lot of us started who thought we were started. And I'm telling you something right now. Put these principles to work. Put these things to work and put them to work for those of you who believe in God to go on the cruise. Put them to work now. Don't wait eight months from now. Don't start trying to put this to work just before time to go. Start now. If you start now, I guarantee you, just like the Spirit of God said to me, the Lord Jesus Christ is sending us cruising, debt, free, and first class. That's how you go. Using real Bible faith. Okay. Romans chapter 12, the second verse. Hallelujah. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. By the renewing of your mind. Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. Hallelujah. Renew your mind. Why? To think correctly. To think correctly. The first step is to renew your mind so that you can think correctly. What is thinking correctly. Thinking correctly is reading what God says and think in line with what God says. You got to do it. I know it's difficult because you've been programmed for years to think the way the world thinks. You've been programmed for years and years and years to do things a certain way and you think that's the way to go. You think that's the way to go. You think that's right. You think because I, my parents did it that way. You think because my friends did it that way. You think 
because everybody I know does it that way. You think that's the right way, and you're wrong. You got to renew your mind to think like God thinks. In your mind, you may say, there is no way that I can go and purchase that new home. But if God said to you, go buy that new home, you better start thinking what God said and thinking like God thinks and go toward that home. Because, see, if you start thinking like the world thinks, if you start thinking in the natural, you will begin to rationalize. I only earn so much. I only have so much. The bank is not going to lend me so much. I cannot expect to get into that neighborhood because I'm the wrong color. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't go here. I can't go there. I don't have enough. He never told you to have enough. He told you to go. And the best thing to do is start thinking like he thinks. See, because He's right. It may not be rational. It may not line up. And it certainly may not line up with your bank account. It may not line up with your bank book or what you have in your pocket. But God's thinking is correct. God's thinking is not flawed. God's thinking has no problem. He thinks correctly every time. So you need to get your thoughts, your mind renewed to think what God thinks. That's the first step. We need to flush, and I use that word advisedly, we need to flush our thinking out. Flush it. Because our thinking 89% of the time has been wrong and 10% of what's left has been guesswork. So that shows you how many, how much you've been right. So it begins there. Now in Proverbs chapter 23, the seventh verse. For as he thinketh in his heart. Wait a minute. I think with my head. That's the point. You think with your mind, with your head. But what happens is it drops into your heart. Whatever you think, it's going to get in your heart. And that's what you're going to believe, even if it's wrong. It could be 5,000 degrees off, totally wrong. But if you think it, it's going to drop in your spirit and you're going to believe it and you're going to be wrong and you're going to be in trouble and you're going to miss it every time. That's why you got to get your thinking straight. And God is so gracious. He's so good. He doesn't leave it to us to try to figure out what to think. He writes it all down. He says, read this and think this. All right. That's the first step. Hallelujah. Go back to Romans chapter 10, please. Thank you, Jesus. 
Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The second step. First, you must think correctly. The second step is you must believe correctly. You must believe correctly. There's a lot of people believing a whole lot of things. There's a whole lot of people who believe Gorbachev, a whole lot of people who believed in Bush, a whole lot of people believed in a whole lot of things. All of them were not correct. You have to believe correctly. We're talking about real Bible faith that's of the heart. The first step is you have to think correctly. The second step is you have to believe correctly. Okay. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, please. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 4. I'm trying to keep these close together as possible, but you have to do some turning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 13 says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. Do you see what happened here? Do you see what happened in this one verse? He jumped to my third point. He went from the first to the second to the third, all in one verse. We having the same spirit of faith according as it is written. I believed and therefore have I spoken. What do I believe? According to what was written. According to what was written. Not according to what you thought about it. Not according to what you believe. But believe according to what was written. He's telling us, don't try to do it yourself. Don't try to think about it yourself. Don't try to believe something for yourself. Think it and believe it according to what was written. He's saying, I'm giving you the formula for success if you just follow it. Hallelujah. The th third step then is your speaking. You must think correctly, you must believe correctly, and then you must speak correctly. Point three, speak correctly. If you don't know what to say, shut up. If you think you're going to say the wrong thing, shut up. Hush. Because see then, we just might find out what you really believe and what you really think by what blabs out of your mouth. 
And then even the people that you used to be able to fool, you can't fool them no more because they heard what you said. Because as you think, so you're going to believe. And as you believe, so you're going to speak. And we got you. Amen. Mark eleven twenty three. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mark eleven twenty three says. For verily, we're talking about speaking now. For verily, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, that's speaking, unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith, speaking again, shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. They're speaking some more. What you're speaking your words are vital. They are vital. They set the course of your life. That's why I said to you in here, if you don't believe that you want to go on the cruise, just say that. I don't believe I want to go. And shut up. Hush right there. Because I guarantee you what's going to come out of your mouth is, can't afford it. Dummy, you just set the course of your life. It's too much for me. Yeah, oh, and it always will be too much for you because that's what you said. Why they got to go first class? The other cabin's down the bottom. Shut up. He said you'll be above and not beneath. If you don't know what to say, shut up. Your words are dictating your life. You'll always be beneath and not above. You'll always be the tail and not the head as long as you keep talking like that. I'm not saying that everybody is there yet, but what you can do is control your words. And eventually you'll get there. But if you keep talking defeat, if you keep talking lack, if you keep talking what you can't, that's where you'll stay. Because God is allowing us to determine where we go. Thank you, Jesus. Keep your reason for not going to yourself. 
you are not obligated to tell anybody why you don't want to go. That is your privilege. That is your right. And nobody is saying anything against you if you choose not to go. But I see words are seeds. Words are seeds. And you can plant seeds of unbelief. You can plant seeds that cause other people to go the same way you're going. How many times have you heard somebody say something negative and you get in agreement with them? Oh, well, uh, you know, we can we can go on an airplane and go there. You know, why you got to spend all that money to get on a boat? You know? And then here you come like a little sheep. Well, we can get on an airplane. Well, we got to get on a boat. Faith comes by hearing. You listen to that dummy, you're going to start talking like that dummy. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. God didn't tell me to open up an airplane flight. He said, open up the cruise. First class debt free. That's what he said. That's the word of faith that I received. That's why I opened it up to the congregation. If you want to go on an airplane, shut up and go. It's not what he said to me. You see what you be doing? You understand that? You understand what that what you've done? Planting seeds of doubt and unbelief in other people. That's just what you're doing. I got an operation coming up in September, and uh, you know I, I, I better be careful. I don't know, you know. Uh, they'll go to feeling for something. Maybe I got something. I better go check you out. Dear God, woo, hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 18. Go create something. Proverbs 18. Chapter, chapter 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life. If you want good success, if you want life, Speak life. Speak good. Speak what you want. Remember what faith calleth those things that be not as though they were. He didn't ask you if you could afford to do something. He wants you, he's trying to elicit you to say, I will do it. So he's trying to get you to say, I, I told them in St. Vincent, Listen to everything I say. Watch what I do. Watch when I walk around. Watch when I go. Because everything I'm doing is teaching. Everything. God never tells me to tell this congregation to do something or go on a cruise or go here or go on this thing or that thing unless it's teaching faith. Hallelujah. So death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you need to be careful what you're saying. First step, if you believe 
If you think correctly, you believe correctly. If you believe correctly, you will speak correctly. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, please. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or confession or what we say, our speaking. Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He wants and is listening for every word that comes out of our mouths. Would you want to be a, the high priest of a confession of lack and unbelief and downtrodden and sick and all the rest of that? No, and neither does Jesus. He didn't say you have to lie and say my head ain't hurting if your head is hurting. Just say, I believe my headache is gone. I believe I'm healed. That's what he wants you to do. So then he can be the high priest of that. Take it to the Father God. He can say what you said. Get in agreement with you. He's not going to get in agreement with you saying that you have a headache. He is not high priest over your dumb headache. Hallelujah. All right. We, we getting close now. Getting close. Hallelujah. All right. We're over there by Hebrews. Turn over to James, please. Next book. Make it easy on you. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. There's a lot of self-deceived people because they hear the word and it doesn't get any further than here. It never gets down here where real Bible faith is. See, they think they're operating in faith, and then when nothing works, they say that faith stuff doesn't work. It's not the faith stuff that doesn't work. It's you that don't work. You don't know how to work it. You don't know how to follow the principles. You don't know how to follow what the Word of God says. You don't know how to think correctly and then believe correctly and then speak correctly and now act correctly. Your actions have to agree with what you're thinking, with what you're believing, with what you're saying. Your actions have to agree. All four of them have to agree. Otherwise, you don't have real Bible faith. If any one of them is in disagreement, it's not going to work and it's not real Bible faith. Your thinking your believing, your speaking, and your actions have to agree. Now you understand why several weeks ago I said, said to you, if you believe that you want to go on the cruise, go back there and see Sister Valerie and sign up. 
Do you get it? It's faith. That's what it is. God will provide whatever you need by faith. But you have to come to him correctly. You have not because you ask not. You receive not because you ask amiss or you ask wrongly. You're not thinking. What are they not doing? They're not thinking. They're not believing. They're not speaking. They're not acting correctly. If you get those four things in line, they equal success. They equal success. They equal success. Turn over to the 22nd verse of the second chapter of James. The 20th verse, I'm sorry, of the second chapter. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith, real Bible faith that's of the heart, without works or actions, it's dead. It's not going to accomplish anything. It's not going to grow to fruition. It will not work. I said that equals success. Well, the Lord gave me a gave me a a very, very familiar scripture when I got up and started teaching this in St. Vincent. I was into the, I believe it was the believing portion of this message when the Lord gave me this scripture and he gave it to me to prove exactly what I, he had just given me to teach to them. Turn back to Joshua, the first chapter. We read it all the time and every single element that we talked about is sitting right there. Hallelujah. Joshua chapter 1 beginning with the first verse. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. You know what he's saying to us? He's saying, don't look to Moses. He's saying to us, don't look to man. Don't look to man. Look to me. Just like I raised up Moses, I'm going to raise you up now, Joshua. Just like he raised up Joshua, he can raise me up. If I leave here tomorrow, it makes absolutely no difference. If I go home to be with the Lord, he can raise one of you up. He, God does not need me. And Spunky, he don't need you. He can do it without us, any one of us. If this whole congregation was to keel over dead, God could send somebody in here with a big shovel, shovel us out, and fill the place up again. 
You need to know that. And another thing you need to know, notice what he said. Moses, my servant, is dead. I don't care how much you love the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. They die. God does not die. Moses died. God didn't die. Moses was could, could be gone. It makes no difference. God is still on the throne. God is still running things. And God will still provide everything that you need. I don't care what Wall Street does. I don't care what Bush does. I don't care what the Soviet Union does. I don't care what they do with the grain. It makes no difference. God didn't die. And as long as God around is around, all my need is met. And it's going to stay met. Why? Because I think that way. And because I think that way, I believe that way. And because I believe that way, I speak that way. And because I speak that way, I act that way. Now, take that. Hallelujah. All right. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise. What is he saying? Get up. I don't care if your pastor's dead. Get up. I don't care about if your church burned to the ground. Get up. Get up right now. How dare you act like something happened that I can't control. That's what God's saying to you. How dare you act like God needs that building that you was in. How dare you act like God. Oh, these people. Oh, I tell you. These folks who walk around. They got a whole, they got a whole denomination that preaches that their apostle. He is the only one in the earth that God speaks through. That man better be careful. He's subject to wake up and find himself dead. Just so God can show him, I don't need you. They preach that God does not speak in the earth but through that man. The boy, it's a sorry case. There are millions of us who never even heard that man's name. Dear Lord. That's sad. All right. Moses, my servant, is dead. Whose servant? God's servant. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. Not Moses. God said, I gave it to you. And I, I, as I said unto Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man, say any man, there shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. That's God talking, man. He don't need your Mickey Mouse pastor. He doesn't need him. Oh, boy. He said, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Watch out. Anytime you see God repeating himself, watch it. Listen. Be attentive. Because if God's repeating himself, it's something you need to hear. And it's something you need to hear now. Because it's something in an area that you are going to fall down in. 
He said, be strong, be strong, be strong, be courageous, be courageous, be courageous. You better be strong and you better be courageous. Why? Because things are going to come against you. But when them things come against you, it does not change what I said. What I said to you, that's it. I don't care how many walls come up in front of you. I don't care how many people come against you. I don't care how much money they say it's going to cost you. If I said it, it's going to come to pass. So you better be strong and very courageous and keep going forward. That's God talking. Hallelujah. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou, thou, now you in it. That thou, God's you always talking. God's been talking about what He's gonna do. Now, what you gonna do? That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Now it's the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament, what He commanded us. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Wait a minute. He said, turn not to the right, turn not to the left, so that you can prosper wherever you go. But he just told you where to go. If he said, don't turn to the right and don't turn to the left, so the only place you're going to prosper is if you go where he told you to go. See, people try to read that and say, hey, anything I do, I'm going to prosper. Yeah, because I'm born again, man. I'm a child of God. Go ahead, dummy. See, you turn left and prosper. <laughs> Go ahead. Listen to this. Verse 8. I'm telling you, all of, the, all of the principles are right in here. This book of the law, or the New Testament for us, shall not depart out of thy, what? Out of thy mouth. But thou shalt med meditate. A part of meditating is thinking. Speaking and thinking already. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do actions, 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 to do according to all that is written therein. According to what? According to what was written. What did he tell us to do according to what was written? He told us to believe. To believe according to what was written. According to what was written. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. If you're thinking correctly. If you're believing correctly. If you're speaking correctly. If your actions are correct, you are going to have good success because then you're going to be operating in real Bible faith, which is of the heart. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. See, it doesn't come by you having heard it once a long time ago. You keep hearing it. Why? Because it has to drop from here to here. And there, when it gets to there, that's when it mixes with the measure of faith. That's when it becomes 
powerful. And once it happens there, then you speak it out of your mouth and you can say like Jesus, this sickness is not unto death and turn your back and go away for two days and come back over here and say, arise, get up and walk. Because I said that this sickness is not unto death. And I said it from my heart. I was thinking correctly. I was believing correctly. I was speaking correctly. And now I'm acting on it. I'm coming here and I'm saying to you, Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus has no choice but to come forth. He's got no choice because God has already said, I mean, he put the principle right here when he spoke it to Joshua. He put the principle there that then you will have good success in all the affairs of life. You will never miss it. Never, never, never miss it. And you got God's word for it. You got his word for it. Then you can run over and find you some more scriptures that said, if God said it, that's it. If God said, if I spoke it, I will bring it to pass. God said those things. God said, I watch over my word to perform it. If God said that, then you can hold them to it. And see, don't get into this pity pat thing of, well, I prayed that one time and I ain't going to pray it no more. Partner, let me tell you something. I don't pray the same thing over and over. But once I pray it, I remind him of it every single day. I pester him. I am importunate. I tell him constantly, you said, I prayed it. You said, you said, you said, I got it from your word. I heard you say it. You said that and I'm holding you to your word. I will not back down. I'm going to make sure that you honor your word. That's why he said in, in that book of Malachi, prove me. Prove me. He wants you to prove him. He wants you to act on it. He wants you to command. He wants you to say. He wants you to speak. He wants you to believe. And then he wants you to stand flat-footed and say, I'm not moving. I'm not moving. You're going to do what you said you was going to do. Otherwise, you are a specter of persons. Otherwise, you lied to me. Otherwise, the Bible is not true. Otherwise, Jesus is not Lord. And I know all of those things are not true. So therefore, you've got to do it. You got to talk just like that. Don't think that God is skittish because you yell. God is not skittish. You don't scare him in the least. But he wants you. He wants you to be firm in your belief. He wants you to be powerful. He wants you to command. He does not want you to pity back, ask and beg and whine and cry. He wants you to command. When we had those people lined up to be filled with the spirit, when there were some of them that that because we had about 50 of them lined up across that church. There was some, I said, if anybody in here feels that they didn't get filled with the Spirit for whatever reason, I want you to step out here now. You step out here right now. And I tell you, we got close to them, and I said, now what is the problem? I told you 
that when I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I shook hands with Brother Kenneth Hagin, the Lord Jesus Christ told me that some of the anointing that was on him got on me. And from now on, whenever I speak to somebody or lay hands on them to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, they would be filled. Now, what's your problem? Because you are filled and you're going to talk. That one young man, I mean, he looked at me and kind of batted his eyes. He said, well, I, 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 I just don't believe I got it. I said, you got it. Did you hear what I said? I said, when I lay hands on people to be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, they get filled and they speak. I said, now repeat after me. Spirit. Now listen, 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 listen. Here's a lesson. He started shaking. I mean, he was literally going like this. You know why? Because he was fighting it. He was fighting it. He was not yielding to the Spirit of God. But see, my confession of faith, my faith command was out that if I lay hands on you, you're going to get filled and you're going to speak. My faith command was out and God overrid that guy's shaking and scared because now he didn't override his will he wanted to be filled but he was afraid he started shaking like a leaf and in about i guess in about five seconds he said, i mean he just took off in other tongues and the place went wild so apparently this kid had been seeking for a long time and he was a chronic seeker who couldn't get filled but see, I practiced the principles. I believe what I said. And I had given the faith command, just like Jesus when he said, this sickness is not unto death. I said, if I lay hands on you, you'll be filled and you'll speak. That boy had to speak. That boy had to speak one way or the other. Laying down or standing up, he was going to speak. And I had one of the evangelists that was there. She, she spoke to me afterwards. She said, Pastor? You know what I saw? You challenged the devil. She said, you challenge him. I said, that's right. Once I've spoken it, that's it. I'm going for it whole hog. And if the devil's in the way, he's going to get run over. Because there was about five of them folks, five or six of those people that came forward like that. And every one of them got filled. Going through the, going through the, uh, the line. I had, I didn't know why I did it. The Spirit of God led me that way. I skipped over the little kids. There were some little kids five, six years old in the line. I had skipped over them. I went back to one or two of them little kids and pulled them out and laid hands on them and just explained to them. And they said, and them adults, boy, I mean, faith rose up in them. Said, that little guy, dude, I know I'm going to get mine now. So yeah, that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to get mad. He wants you to get excited. He wants you to get jealous. Remember what the word says? God says that he wants us to be blessed so we can make the Jewish people jealous so they'll want to come in. And I purpose to make me some Jews jealous. That's right. If I have to find some. I'm going to make me some Jews jealous. 
in the name of Jesus. That's right. And there's precious few of them out there that uh, it's going to take a, a whole bunch to make them jealous. But see, I got his word for it. He said that. He said that. I didn't say it. So I don't care how blessed they are. I have to exceed their blessing so that I can make them jealous. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. We're going to pray. Thank you for listening to today's Living by Faith podcast. We trust you received something out of today's message. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at New FMCF. Friend us on Facebook at Faith Mission Christian Fellowship International. And always remember, be not afraid, only believe. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus is Lord and he is coming soon.